Good morning. Welcome back to the Dr. Drill Making Motivation Podcast. Fucking early, man. Just rolled out of the rack maybe half hour ago. Got a good night's sleep and I needed it, man. Last night, I usually dick around and look at my phone, regardless of how tired I might be. Count on me staring at my phone till midnight at least, you know? I like to go up early. I like to get a couple hours in of podcasting or writing or entertaining myself in educated ways, you know, that I'm in, into the nonfiction. As solid as that category might be. Last night, I was uh, I was finishing the podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, with uh, David Blaine. And let me tell you, this is a freaking interesting one. I wrote down some notes. This character, David Blaine, whom most of us have been familiar with for, I guess, a couple decades now, it feels like. He's a, a magician, right? He's a magic enthusiast. You can tell the guy loves what he does. Like a lot of magicians that I've um, watched or even met in some circumstances, they're, they, you perceive like a state of calm. They're unusually calm. And I think that this is either a function of their personality. If they're lucky, it's authentic that this stuff springs from them. Or, more likely, it is a kind of uh, mental training and a deliberate effort in order to pull off their tricks, fool us, if you will. So, he starts off the podcast talking about you know how he got started in magic, said that he was at a library or something, grew up in New York, New York City, he was at a library, and the only book that was left on the shelf, and he was like, asked the librarian, what should I, what should I check out, and she handed him this book on magic, and he had been hooked ever since, he started doing these little card tricks, and tricks with dice, and all sorts of magic tricks, and, and was an enthusiast of other magicians of the time, of course, Houdini was a, has always been a big name, that guy did some crazy stuff. So, for perspective, I guess, whenever we go on vacation, particularly down our favorite spot at Bethany Beach, we try to get to this um, playhouse. It's like a little house, kind of refurbed house, and they put a theater in, a small theater, maybe hold 100 people in there in the back this playhouse is uh, Dickens Parlor Theater there you go so we'll go there and they have these different acts and uh, usually when we have gone as a family we've gone to a, a magic show and my Mandy loves magic shows she just really loves them she likes to be part of the, the show ideally 
it's interesting to watch her up there. I've never seen her happy than happier than when she's doing shit like this. So there's a little perspective. And, you know, I've always liked magic. I have one. I have a patient who's uh, now a pastor, a teacher at the local seminary. This guy, during his seminary training, he was a practicing magician. He would be booked for birthday parties and corporate gigs and all this shit. And he, I always thought that he was like a tremendous magician because he has this way about him. He does come off as kind of straight-laced and churchy, which he is, but he also has an awareness of of his body and, 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 and his mind and, and his manner. So he can, if you can convince him to do a trick, which he doesn't like to do too much anymore, he goes into a different mode. He's like, okay, well, look at this coin. And he, you can, you can kind of feel him working because you're sensitive to it. You're open to, you're trying to figure out everybody who's watching a magic show typically you start to watch it like how did he do that wait a second how did he do that and it's almost like we're determined to spoil the fun for us like we want to find out where the strings are or what is the device that allows them to uh, pull off these tricks and so on and so forth how are they fooling us how are we being deceived and that's a be- part of the beauty of magic is that you know you're being deceived you know you're being tricked but you enjoyed anyway and you're perplexed that you can't figure out how they tricked you so there's always this uh, human element this part of our psyche that is like what? (laughs) that's crazy that's like we, we gotta we assume that it's real magic, like uh, abracadabra sort of shit, real magic, and therefore there are some that would call that black magic, and there is the reality, but for some, their reality is that if it's not north, God, then it must be south, or the devil, which is ridiculous, because as I believe we all have an angel and a devil inside us we are the embodiment of God and Satan and whole cast of characters that's who we are but that's a topic of another discussion I did write down some notes here that I'd like to share <clears throat> so I said so interesting his focus and his deliberate misdirections of the audience it's just a mind fuck. Uh, I'm saying that it's a window. His magic is a window into the human mind, how we can create our realities. Because when I watch him, and he's on a freaking biggest podcast in the world, talking to Joe Rogan, whose hallmark is he comes across as a normal guy. He essentially is a normal guy but an interesting guy and an interested guy. And you could tell, you can see the way his face, Joe's face changes 
the host, he's like, hmm, what, what is that? You're not, you're, you're, not a, you're not a normal guy, are you? And he said, I thought this is funny when he said this, how many of you are out there? <laughs> so, hem, so how many of you are out there? And <clears throat> he's talking about magicians, of course, literally, but what he's also talking about are people who who have this capability, who, people who can um, are watchful enough, are interested in training their body, their body and mind to do cool things. Like I see the magic tricks that Blaine is doing and talks about doing. He's talking about when he buried himself in a casket and he uh, stood in ice in an ice tank for however long and. He held his breath for crazy periods of time, so that's that's interesting. I'd like to go into that facet. So he does things to use science to kind of um, create distance from the his audience or whoever he's trying to trick do a trick in front of. So supposedly, you know, he said that he studied free divers and, and uh, for their ability to hold their breath. And he found that holding of breath, uh, you might be able to do it for a minute, maybe two minutes, and some have done it for five minutes, but he'll hold his breath for even longer. And he's describing this process by which, um, you know, apparently the the impetus for breath, the the feeling like I have to take a breath, that is a reflex based upon the levels of, of carbon dioxide that your body is sensing. So you, you got to get rid of the carbon dioxide. There'll be an alarm that goes off that prompts you to take a deep breath, gasp for air, but you don't necessarily, like you can train it so that the sensors are not as sensitive. And he talks about Navy SEALs and how in their drown-proofing thing, they have them hold a weight plate and walk along the bottom of the of a pool. And they push these guys close to these barriers where they think they can hold their breath. They're like they have to gasp for air. Many of them are going to work hard, so hard, in order to hold their breath that they'll actually black out. And the blacking out, of course, that can kill you if you're holding a weight plate in the bottom of the uh, of pool, so the instructors will, when they see somebody black out, they'll grab them, they'll bring them to the surface, and they'll be fine. It's just like getting knocked out or choked out for a moment. Yeah, it's a function of a lack of oxygen to the brain, and so the, the body and the brain just shuts down. Um, then he went on to tell a story about how there was a kid who uh, they found him, he somehow wound up trapped under ice and he was there for like 40 minutes but because he blacked out and something happened where he did not gulp in water and they just revived him they just basically woke him up after 40 minutes under underwater so I'm not sure how much truth there is like you hear about things like that sometimes Particularly with cold sort of injuries, somebody somebody goes down and um, 
falls through a frozen lake, ice fishing. And <clears throat> you know, they drown kind of, but they're also frozen, so they're fresh like a fish or something like that. And you think about if you've ever cooked crabs or lobsters, they recommend you put them in ice water first because it kind of numbs them and they go into this hibernation state. So how interesting is it that, you know, maybe we do that too as humans. Anyway, David Blaine's telling all these stories and kind of setting the stage, pushing the boundaries of what people can do. And then he'll do a trick based on that. He's also doing something about an altitude where he's going to go up in a balloon, a hot air balloon, and he's going to go up near, like, as high as, can, as high can be, like in the um, Mount Everest sort of area. So, of course, that's a big name, too, so that makes it means it's a big trick. He's going to go up in a hot air balloon. He's going to jump out uh, without a parachute, and on the way down, he's going to turn on, he's going to put on his parachute, and at whatever whatever point he's going to pop the parachute it's going to be like this a record or something completely crazy and he's been picking the minds of his coaches who are the guys who like jumped from the stratosphere and landed in a net you know remember that when the guy went came down in a suit and rather than popping his uh, canopy his um, parachute he landed in a big net was something nobody had done before. And Houdini, you know, he would break out of handcuffs. He would, they would put him in chains and, and in a box and all that stuff. And he would escape underwater and do all these crazy things. To me, it's part like hacking the science of it, pushing the boundaries of human potential and really finding ways to train yourself in order to, um, you know, push yourself a little further yet and misdirection of the audience so last last night he did uh, this thing this trick where he had all these bottles of water and he was gonna put a little baking soda in his stomach and he was he was creating the environment to swallow this frog and once he swallowed the frog then he gets a big urn and he um now he's going to puke the frog back up into the hands of the host. So he's, you know, retching and portioning out this, uh, he's trying to, he said, I'm trying to find the frog, like in his belly. So he doesn't puke it out prematurely. He lets all the water out, like a gallon of water. He's spitting out. He's throwing up. Then finally, he's like, oh, and he says, Joe, and he tells Joe to put his hands, cup his hands together. And he pukes up the frog completely, and he makes sure to notify the audience that the frog's never been damaged, and these are all his kids' pets and all this stuff. So, very interesting about magic, and I'm, I'm interested, I'm not interested in, you know, magic being, like, I, I respect it, I think it's a beautiful thing in terms of, the 
the mental state that the magician is in and all of the efforts that they take in order to set up the trick and do something right in front of someone, right in front of the audience, that they still think is crazy. And the techniques of misdirection and, you know, fooling the audience. He was also talking about this, this, you know, this legend, this kid who um, was really into magic and he one of the best magicians in the world, best card sharks or whatever, gamblers, type of guy who was, if they caught him in the casinos back in the day, he, he was so good, maybe he could count cards or maybe he was had figured out how to cheat the system. They would kill him or they would break his hands or they would do something like that because they were just, these magicians would clean them out. They're so good. Couldn't go back in that. If they won at a particular casino, they couldn't go back. You know, something out of like the movie casino. And uh, anyway, so this kid and his single mom, they went and moved out to Vegas because they heard this guy was out in Vegas living and they hit him up and they, he taught the kid how to do magic on this level and the kid just practiced all the time his thing was craps he would throw dice and he developed a method to throw the dice so good with with such precision that now you hear of loaded dice which are weighted dice so the probability that they land on a desired number that is something that's a real thing but the legend is that this kid he practiced non-stop throwing this dice these die and he was so good that he could spin them in such a way and it looked like it was a normal throw but it was actually quite predictable and controlled how crazy is that that someone would practice a you know like magic is awesome for the response that it gets from people and the and the, the trick the deception it, it is awesome it's a wondrous thing but the kid or anybody would say okay and I'm gonna learn how to really shuffle my cards I want to be a good card player I want to be a good dice thrower um, it's very interesting to me so I thought it was an excellent podcast uh, throughout, he also did a, a trick where he had Joe push a um, uh, ice pick through his bicep. That <laughs> was pretty good, zany man. And while he was doing that, he let Joe do it, like push this pin, big pin through his freaking uh, bicep. While he was doing, he pulled up a video online. He's talking about this guy who, yeah, he had, they would stab him with swords. He would put, put all these different types of uh, edged weapons. He would stick them through his body, through all areas of his body, which seemed like fucking zany, crazy shit, right? And so then, simultaneously, while, you, while the video's on the background and Joe was wincing about how crazy it is for somebody to do that, he tells Joe to, go ahead, 
you know, go ahead, stick me with this pin. And I just thought that, you know, you're watching online, you're like, holy shit, that's fucking nuts. You can see his skin uh, pierced. You can see his skin tent up when it comes out the other side of the of the bicep. We did a bunch of shit like that, but it was, to me, it was really interesting because he was demonstrating how easy it is to manipulate the minds of a human being. The tricks are cool, and the, the uh, setup and the, the pro- mental process, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But, you know, watching the demeanor... Watching the demeanor of these guys, of David Blaine, and how he he's telling you a story, like he's in a completely different world, and it's very interesting that somebody would would study to this degree, and practice and practice, and develop his touch with cards and dice and um, his techniques of mentalism or um, what was the term I used before misdirection so this has me impressed enough that uh, I would like to read a book called magicians and misdirection or magician magic and showmanship something like that I guess it's an old old book and rather than focus on the techniques themselves it it focuses the magic itself, it focuses on um, how to deal with people and how to position yourself and how to set up a trick and how to control the audience. I think that is very, very interesting. So, check out that uh, JRE David Blaine podcast. It was awesome. Definitely worth your time. (laughs)